Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez and I'm excited to be joined here today with my co-host Joe Peterson. Hey Joe. Hey. And we have a great guest today. We have Inge Opriel. She is the CIO of Fares. Fares is a uh, multi-utility offering water-related services and the like in municipalities in Flanders, Belgium. So welcome to our first international guest, which is great. Hi, Inge. Hi, Maribel. Good to see you again. The last we spoke, we were... Uh, we were talking with SAP about some of the interesting things going on in their landscape. But I thought to get started, um, maybe you can share with the audience what you're doing with your edge strategy today. How long ago did you start? Where are you in your journey? Because I imagine utilities have had a lot of interesting discussions about edge computing for a long time. I don't think it was called edge computing. We called it IoT and the like back then, but um, maybe give us some perspective of what you're doing. Well, uh, today we are um, in, in, let's say, the second phase on on what we are doing with edge technology. So we have uh, the two most important um, edge technologies that are in use today uh, in our utility company is, first of all, the online measuring of drinking water quality with real edge um, sensors that measure the drinking water quality and bringing that information real time back uh, to us so that we can act um, very quickly and and prevent um, uh, water pollution or um, getting the quality of the water at the best uh, we can do. And the second uh, edge uh, devices that we are uh, starting to roll out soon is the uh, what we call smart meters. Meters that not only give you the index of volumes customers use, but also can give alerts on, on internal leakages, on pressure, on um, and all that kind of stuff uh, from back from the home of our customers into our um, central platform where we can give um, customers advice on their water usage, um, alert them when we think that there could be a a hidden leakage or whatever in their houses. Well, that's really great. And that you are actually using the insight from that data to help customers. Do you see, um, as you move that insight forward, things like being able to forecast cost? What other outcomes moving forward do you see from that data? Well, there are several outcomes that come can come from the, not only from the data, but also from the devices. Uh, of course, one of the outcomes should be, and it's also uh, an obligatory fact for, for utility companies in Europe, is that we try to make our customers aware of their water usage and make them aware what 
are the possibilities they can do to use less water and how they compare with other uh, families of the same kind of consistency. Um, so that is one of the most important things. But in the future, when you would have rolled out the whole of Flanders, and that's a necessity, of course, you could also start thinking on certain changes in tariffs depending on, on dry drought or um, like in summer when there's not too much water available in a very heat period or whatever, that you could say, okay, when you now are going to do excess use for cleaning your car, uh, uh, watering your garden, swim, um, uh, filling a swimming pool, then you could uh, um, add um, higher tariffs so that you could, um, how would you say, that you could make people think more about, do I use this water right now or can I wait until this drought is over and there's, a, a, again, enough water available for everybody? That's great. Um, yeah. That's great because that's you're really helping with planning at that point from the data that you're taking in, yes. right? Um, and you mentioned water utilities. It seems that you could extrapolate this out to all kinds of other utilities, anything that we use and consume. Um, are you working on some of those strategies with other types of utilities? Well, the, today we are mainly working uh, in, in the level of Flanders as water and, and wastewater companies together for that. So we are also collaborating with the, the provider of electricity and gas in it. So the, the distributor of en energy and gas. So we couple our water smart meter on this electricity meter, but on having joint services together in place already now or in the future, that's a bit too early yet because we are still in a in the, the pilot phase rolling out, uh, starting our master rollout the beginning of next year. So we are learning a lot today and then we can see what we can do. What also is very important that we do not want to keep this market closed purely only for the, we are a regulated utility company, but we will also make the data that this meter capture available um, at the customer's home itself. So for electricity, there are already clear examples that your washing machine or, or your heat can, can start depending on whether your solar panels are producing a lot of energy. So this is something for water that's not that evident, but this is what we will make available that let's say private companies of washing machines, uh, boilers can take um, advantage of this customer data as well. You know, that's, that's interesting because I can see why the utility wants to do it. But in terms of incentivizing the customer, um, are you helping to shape those strategies to try to incentivize the customer to say, hey, um, let's utilize this smart meter versus the other meter that we have. Like, how does that look? What are you seeing? Well, this is something that we are uh, thinking about. What uh, what could be of interest to the customer? What data, how can he use it? And are there any players, private players in the market that can do something with them? In water, one of the most common 
complaints uh, customers can have is that there is a leakage in their house, which is not visible. So they pay for water they are not really using, but is running away somewhere. Can be the toilets, can be somewhere down the basement where they not, cannot see that they have water loss. So there are private players that have algorithms that can, can help the customer see, hey, watch out, you probably might have a leakage. The added value we as a utility company can, can give is that apart from a specific situation, we can compare it with all the other customers and we can compare and, and learn more and quicker out of that data and make that available for our customers. A very important use case that is not related to the customer itself is of course that very important in water is to low put at the minimum your water losses. So one of the aims of, of having all those edge devices in the customer's home is to really have the full in and out of your water. What you buy and what you produce and bring into your distribution and transport network and what gets out with the customer so that you can really, really on the level of your whole area you have to cover can see where do we lose water and what could be the cause and where can we narrow it down to find it very easily? Uh, so that's uh, out of a, a climate uh, perspective, out of our um, yeah obligation to to help sustainability. Sustainability that's very important for Faris. Yeah, I get that, and I just have one other quick question because you know you're making me think. I live in California, and we're in a drought situation, and of course we hear that on the news but it doesn't somehow seem real to us as consumers, right? It's not, we don't have a tangible way to see, oh, hey, Lake Havasu, which is a big source of our water, for example, the, the water levels are super low. Would your uh, inclusion of a smart device in the home be able to somehow alert the consumer to the fact that they're using way more water than they normally do or, Right? Would it be because I feel like that would be impactful for me as a consumer if I could see that? That's that's uh, certainly the, the one of the biggest goals that is making consumers aware, customers aware of the consumption they have, and whether it's a normal or an abnormal consumption, and whether it is how you say how do you score in comparison. I cannot say with your neighbors, but with families in the same constellation as you living with one in a one person home or with five people in a home, it makes a difference, of course, in, in how you use water and how much water do you use. And the biggest incentive, and I think it's maybe too early now. I don't I don't know the, the situation in California, but I think in at a certain moment in time, there will be different prices to pay for when you use water. Of course, now we are talking about drinking water. This is not the sole problem of drought. It's only a minor problem of drought. You also have a lot of yeah water that is needed for, for, the, 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 for nature, for agriculture. So we can only be a, a solve a part of the problem, but everything we can do uh, might help. That's a great answer. Thank you.
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I like Joe, um, I moved and in my new neighborhood, we actually have a very progressive water utility and they have smart meters and they have given me similar data to what you've spoken about. They've actually sent me SMS messages to alert me um, if my water usage has gone over and above or if I've had continuous water usage, um, because that means something's on or there's a leak, as you mentioned earlier. And I've actually saved quite a bit of money personally by being able to find those within a 10, 12 hour period, as opposed to maybe it was a week, maybe it was several weeks before I would receive a bill and realize that my water utilization was uh, abnormal. So that's been wonderful. And I know that you know, this has been a vision for some time and it's taken a while to execute uh, as all good visions uh, seem to. What have been some of the challenges with putting together an edge strategy? And do you feel that it's gotten any easier or are there any uh, pieces of insight you'd like to provide to people that are looking at doing this? Well, to make a strategy, you have issues on, on several kinds of level. First of all, um, when IoT or edge devices entered uh, our world, what you often saw, for example, was that you have companies that sell a sensor, a device, an edge device, but couple that with their software platform where all the data is. So if you would go that path, then at the end, as a company, you would end up with maybe 10 platforms with data in about edge that's coming from your edge technology, but you don't own that data. It's residing within the company that, that sells the, the devices. So as far as one of the first things we decided is if we want to go with edge technology and do things with the data, we want to be able to roll out a vendor independent platform. So we choose for a, a platform that can connect with whatever edge device or edge technology is available. So that was first part of our strategy. Second part is as a utility company, you are spread around the whole country. In houses, often the water meter is somewhere in the cellar, in the garage, wherever it is. So one of the other big problems is connection. So, for example, for smart metering, it is a very obvious choice to go aligned with electricity and gas companies so that you can get together and use the ways of communications that are available through a, a, an electricity meter. So, because connection is very important to, yeah, of course, collect your data, collect your alerts on that. So, these things really defined what we chose to do it concerning edge technology and, and where we went to. And now that we have really defined, okay, the data ownership should be with us, vendor dependent. We've set up the platform at this, is, let's say, as, as a basic level, but now it's very easy to plug in new edge technology, new edge devices, new use cases. I love this concept too of having a platform that is independent of the vendor because vendors come and go, they change, and it's really important that 
you know, once you put in the concept of a platform within your organization, you can start to layer more and more use cases and functionality on top of it. And I think that that's where a lot of organizations start to see some of the real value in edge. But what's next in your edge strategy? It seems like you've been pretty progressive and you're fairly far along in it. Do you have other thoughts of what you'd like to do? Well, uh, what we are working on right now is indeed getting all data in, in from edge devices and also something typical for utility companies, for example, or OT data that are from our SCADA systems together with the smart meter data and really get the in and out of what we do as water. The next step there is really calculate as well with um, not only calculate, but learn and become more efficient in, for example, producing water. If you know, for example, the quality of the water you take in and you can measure any chemical every step you use to 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 purify the water and make drinking water out of it so it's very easy when you have that information in the second phase to say okay the water it's winter it's maybe a better quality not a high temperature we can use less chemicals less salination or desalination whatever so that you not only have an efficiency goal in, in costs, but you also have a positive impact on the, your sustainability. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on your side? Any closing questions? Well, I, you know, this has been this has been enlightening because I, I could really see this working here in California. So you're obviously on to something, Inga. Um, and I see this is just going to keep rolling out. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but I actually have a fun question to ask you. We ask each of our guests to share a fun fact. It could be about anything. So what is your fun fact for today? I've been thinking about that. Maybe I have several. <laughs> well, but I'm going to give you a fun fact uh, uh, about my country uh, and share with you that the place where the most chocolate in the world is sold is at our Brussels airport. So... <laughs> Really? Oh, At the airport? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's oh, the I place that. where the most chocolate chocolate in the world is sold. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. what I come and try. At Brussels airport, so I can actually say that I contribute to that fun fact statistic. <laughs> That's great. Well, Inga, thank you so much for sharing your insight on what's going on with Edge and how you're marrying Edge with sustainability and helping um, both your customers and the environment at the same time. It's been a true pleasure, and we look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you, Inga. You were awesome. It was my pleasure. Bye, Maribel. Bye, Joe. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal, and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com.